Hey, and welcome back to Season 1, Episode 19 of the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for your life and mission. I am Aaron Santemeyer, and I will be your host. We have the great opportunity to sit down today on my friends um, Nate and Tammy Lashway. They uh, know Joanna Weaver, um, and I read her book, um, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, um, leading up to this interview, and uh, man, it was impactful, and I appreciated it. Lots of wisdom and insight, and she's in the process of writing another book right now, and I'll be uh, in line to get that one when that comes out too. And so we just sat down, and you know, that's the benefit, I think, or man, I love the podcast because you get to read books and then you get to ask the authors questions or you get to hear about somebody and just to unpack their story with them. But we sit down, and the things I wanted to talk to her about were one, she talks about the three D's of destruction distraction, discouragement, and doubt. And man, it was a great, uh, great insight as she shared about that. And then uh, we talked about the difference between worry and concern. We live in a world today where there's lots of reasons to be worried and lots of reasons to be concerned. And, and where is that line of having faith in in um, in God in these processes and, and just learning from her, her life experiences, her transparency? It was super valuable and um, really appreciated her taking her time out of her writing schedule to meet and share and invest in uh, workers around the world. And so, Joanna, we, we appreciate you. We just wanted to uh, just want to say the back channel with uh, Foth continues. So that's Dick Foth as we you send in questions, listeners send in questions, and um, we sit down with Dick and he answers those along the nine Africa growth capacities. They'll be included in the show notes. And um, if you have questions and would like Dick's wisdom and insight and experience, um, send those in, and uh, in the future episodes we'll answer those. Do also want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Appalachian Spring Dermatology, bringing new life to your skin. Learn more about the medical, cosmetic, and skin cancer screenings and treatments at Appalachian Spring Dermatology and sign up for Dr. Rosenberger's blog at wvderm.com, wvderm.com. Well, there's no time better than now to get started, so here we go. Greetings. It's great to be back on the Clarity Podcast. Um, I just had a few minutes to talk with my new friend, Joanna Weaver, and uh, Nate and Tammy Lashway are friends that served with us here in Madagascar, put us in contact, and um, so thankful for them. Joanna, could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Maybe the most, a lot of people have read your books, um, but at the same time, uh, maybe some people don't know you as well as Nate and Tammy do. So would you mind just taking a few minutes just to share with the audience who you are and a little bit about yourself? You bet. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me on the podcast. I love what you're doing. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I am Joanna from Montana, which is why I know Nate and Tammy, because they were ministered here. Uh, Tammy grew up in Montana. So yeah. dear friends, dear friends. Um, I'm a pastor's wife. We've been in full-time ministry for way more, more years than I like to count, but it's um, it's been my primary call and joy to be a pastor's wife. I love wow. the ministry. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it, and love the church. And um, God's also opened doors to write books. And so mm -hmm. that's opened doors to speak uh, around the country as well as even some in the world. Got yeah. to be in Tanzania. Yeah, I heard. With Nate and Tammy, which was absolutely amazing. I fell in good. love with Africa. And so, yeah. yeah. Good deal. That's pretty much my life. We've got three kids, two kids that are grown and in ministry, which is wonderful. And then our little surprise, Joshua, who is now 17. So. Wow. 
Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. So what does uh, Joanna Montana, what did she do growing up? What, what were some fun things for Joanna Montana to yeah. do when she was growing up in Montana? Well, you would think that I, I would say, oh, I'm just an outdoor girl. I love the outdoors. But I sort of have an allergic reaction to any sort of exercise. <laughs> so, so I love looking at mountains. Okay. And I love, I love uh, going to the beach, uh, our lakes. We have some beautiful, we live in the Rocky Mountains on the west side of Montana. Wow. So it's absolutely beautiful. But growing up, we did go camping a lot. Yeah. That really was a lot of fun. But I, I was a reader, loved yeah. reading. And, good deal. Um, yeah. So yeah, good probably... deal. Favorite book as a child? you have one? Oh, oh, wow. You know what? No, for a woman who says she doesn't like the outdoors, my favorite book was My Side of the Mountain. Wow. About a boy who ran yeah. away and lived in the mountains. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, it's so funny because like, I love, I love reading or watching documentaries about mountain climbing. Wow. I, I don't need to climb a mountain. That's right. But I really enjoy They're reading sure. about it. So yeah. Good deal. That gives you a little bit of an insight into my psyche. No, it's cool. Hey, today we're going to just spend some time talking about investing in the spiritual lives and, and discipling others. Do you have a, a story or something that you've learned in the process? You said you've spent some time as an author, a speaker, and, and working in, in the church um, with your husband. Um, is there a lesson maybe you learn? Because I think sometimes in a podcast, we learn, I think, um, and maybe we identify normally when people are transparent. And so if we begin with all our wins, people begin to think, well, maybe I could never identify with that because they're perfect right. and I'm not. So like, sometimes we begin with just a lesson you've learned or something you've challenged you've faced when it comes to discipling people in their, in their spiritual walk. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest challenge I had was discipling myself. Hmm. Um, I'm a fellow struggler when yeah. it comes to a personal walk with the Lord. I remember um, being a youth pastor's wife and I would go to conferences and I'd hear women, you know, hug the Bible to their chest and say, I love this book. And I would think, I hardly even understand this yeah. book. Yeah. And so, you know, I was a good girl wanting to do th good things, but yes. I, I always say I'm a a frustrated perfectionist with the motivational gift of laziness. And so I, knew, I knew what I needed to be. Yeah. But to become it was my real challenge. And so, and I wanted to, I mean, uh, I really wanted to have a personal walk with the Lord. I love Jesus raised in the church, you know, gave yeah. my heart to him when I was four or five. Can't, yeah. can't pinpoint the day, right. but I knew that yeah. I needed Jesus. And, and yet here was this struggle of what I ought to be, you know, a good hmm. Christian needed to read the Bible through every year yeah. or who knows where you were going to spend eternity. Right. That's right. You know? Yeah. And so I constantly have struggled with the not enoughness hmm. of, of that and feeling like I was falling short. And so we entered full-time ministry. I was 19 years old and wanting to do big things for Jesus. And that's a whole nother story yeah. that God just frustrated. So, um, so it was about 28 years of age that I came in contact with a discipleship material that taught me how to have a quiet time hmm. and rather than checking it off, yeah. how to really read the word in such a way, rather than reading it through in a year, reading it in a way that got through to me. Mm -hmm. And so that began a journey with the Lord, uh, learning how to journal, which still I'm not the world's best journaler at yeah. all. As a writer, 
I really don't like to write. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and yet I found in that communion where I'm dialoguing with the Lord, you yeah. know, rather than the monologues we sometimes settle for, where we open the word, we hear what he says to us, we close the word, we pick up our prayer list and tell right. him what we want. Yeah. It, this ongoing conversation with the Lord. And so that's been my journey. And that's actually where my first book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, yeah. Finding Intimacy with God and the Busyness of Life came out of was... And yet I still didn't feel qualified because yeah. I still struggled. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I have found it's the weak places in my life that I've made available to him that God's used more than any place that I might have it more together. Hmm. That's good. Well, that's a great segue. As I was reading your book, um, the three D's of destruction, or I think that's how deadly D's of destruction, I think, I don't know how exactly you put it, was it with doubt, discouragement, and distraction. That fascinated me. And um, honestly, I have uh, spent a lot of my mental energy since I read that um, quite a few four or five days ago, spending, thinking about that. Could you unpack that a little bit for yeah. us and how, how that, how you came about that to understand that and how that might be, um, how the enemy could use those against us? Yeah. Well, it all started with my journey with Mary and Martha in the Bible and hmm. Luke 10, 38 through 42, where it says that Jesus was on his way to, to Jerusalem and uh, on his way through Bethany, Martha came out and invited him in for dinner. You know, she had the gift of hospitality. And yet when she got busy, so busy serving Jesus, she missed the opportunity that her sister enjoyed just to sit at his feet. And I don't know about you. I mean, I've had some guys say, oh man, we got the Mary and Martha going on too. You know? Yeah, yeah oh, for sure. I have a little split personality. Part yeah. of me is Mary. I want to worship yeah. at Jesus' feet. But the other side is Martha, and she keeps bossing me around and telling me what I need to do. And so that those four verses really became a journey. I was going to write actually a biblical novel about mm -hmm. the sisters. But as I dove into that scripture and found that there was so much to that story beyond those mere four verses, because yeah. from John chapter 10, this woman where Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. Hmm. We see a woman in John 11 who she's the one after her brother dies that runs down the road to meet Jesus. But those D's came out of that story where, where the Bible says that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made in Luke mm -hmm. chapter 10. And that Greek word for, for preparation can be translated ministry. Mm. It, which blows my mind and don't, yeah. but don't we feel it? Yeah. We, we are supposed to be people communing with God and yeah. yet we get so busy serving God, Exactly. you know, that we miss the bread of life sitting at our table. And so yeah. as I began to look at what did that look like? What is the process that I see in Martha's life? Well, first of all, she was distracted. So mm -hmm. many duties, so many responsibilities. I mean, she maybe had the Messiah yeah. sitting at her table. So she couldn't just pull out stew and bread, which was the normal Jewish right. meal. She had to do more. Yeah. But then distraction, I saw, turned into discouragement, hmm. where finally she's had it. Her sister is nowhere around to help. And when she does find her, she's sitting in the living room, sitting at Jesus' feet. A woman has no business in the living room. Her place is in the kitchen. 
Yeah. So she bursts in and she says, Lord, don't you care? Yeah. Don't you care? Though my sister has left me to do all the work, tell her to help me. But those words, don't you care? Hmm. I think, I think in all of our hearts at one time or another, we felt it. Yeah. Especially in ministry. Yeah. Lord, don't you see all that I'm doing for you? Don't you see that it's all on my shoulders and how, how can I do this myself? I'm so alone. Yeah. Don't you care? Yeah. And, and so the, uh, the, the distraction led to discouragement, which led to doubting God's love. Hmm. And I think that that is the progression. If we're not careful, yeah. if we don't take our discouragement to Jesus, yeah. I, I think we give Martha a bad rap personally. Mm -hmm. She was at least brave enough and bold enough to take her needs to Jesus. And here we are, welcome to do the same thing. And I love, I love Jesus's response. He doesn't say, oh, oh, Martha, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. How thoughtless <laughs> of us. You know, he didn't just say, Martha, Mary, go help. You know, he could have yeah. said, come on, guys, let's all go to the kitchen. And That's he, right. He didn't do that. And he didn't institute the 11th commandment that I would really love, which is thou shalt not cook. He <laughs> had all sorts of opportunities. <laughs> but instead, he said, Martha, Martha, yeah. you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Hmm. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not be taken away from her. And there the story ends. Yeah. It's not tied up in a neat bow. We yeah. don't know what our response is because I think he wants to say the same thing to us yeah. in our distraction and in our discouragement and in our doubt. Yeah. You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Yeah. And, and, and that is not doing more for Jesus, hmm. but finding Jesus himself. Yeah as our better part yeah, and feeding on him. And I, I, I just see that, you know, cause I found in ministry, you know, the living room intimacy that I long for mm -hmm. has not come out of kitchen service for God. Mm. But as I spent time at his feet and allowed him to fill me yeah. with his love and his presence and his wisdom, he fills me and then he spills me in yeah. kitchen service to the world. Yeah. So it's not either or, but I can tell you from experience, it doesn't start in the kitchen. Yeah. It starts in the living room. That's good. That's good. You know, as, as I read that, um, it really resonated with me because I think missionaries, and me included, those, those three things, um, as we've went through this COVID time where we thought we were here on, on mission and we were, we were doing, um, we were doing, we were doing, we were doing, we were doing, and so much of our identity was caught up in our doing. Um, then those three D's, I think that's why it, it's it, because then we were distracted. We had now had COVID, but then we were trying to do this. And then we became discouraged because we couldn't do as we had been doing. And then, then we began some people at times doubt, is this what God's called me to do? Is this, did God call me to be here? Is, is he, is, is God, as you said, is God's love there? Do you have any wisdom or insight, um, maybe for a missionary or, or a listener that's think that those three things have just really impacted them during this season of, of COVID where the whole world seems to be spinning, um, in an uncontrollable pace? I think for me, what's really helped is just to remember, this is not outside of God's control. Hmm. 
It's in good. fact, I really believe that this is part of our preparation for the last days, yeah. you know, that in the end, there will be perilous times. And yeah. so learning new ways of communicating, thinking hmm. outside of the box, um, being forced to have some work, some quiet time, exactly. um, being forced to trust the Lord more because will our support come in with yeah. all of these changes and all of a sudden all the props have sort of been removed out from underneath us and, and we have to lean on Jesus. Yeah. And that really is scary. And, yeah. and th there's a whole bunch of, yeah, that's, <laughs> <Well, but, laughs> and you know what I think I found over the years of, you know, almost, oh my goodness, almost well, 38 years of ministry. I, I have found that at the place where I think it's the end, Mm -hmm. It's not the end. Yeah. Those things that I thought were an interruption, they're not an interruption. Yeah. It's all a preparation work, a, a, yeah. a time where God, here's, here's what I've come to believe. And I feel this so deeply that God is not as concerned about building his kingdom through me hmm. as he wants to build his kingdom in me. Hmm, that's good. And that only happens in yeah. frustrating my will. Hmm. It only happens in making me lay down by still waters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it only happens as my plans are frustrated so yeah. that I'm forced to open my hands and go, God, it's yours. I don't, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm trusting you. Yeah. And I really, really believe there is nothing more important than cultivating an unshakable, unconditional trust. Hmm. That our hope and our eyes are on God and not on what's going on around us. Yeah. Because this is always going to be shifting sand. Yeah. You know, one day you got this mighty move of God. Yeah. The next day, everybody hates you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, like if your if your worth and your purpose and your success is dependent on the shifting sands of circumstance, you're building your house on the wrong foundation. Yeah, that's good. And I think sometimes the Lord allows the storms to come to reveal what we've been building on. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is he doesn't go, well, look at you, you're building on the wrong foundations. He uses those trying, testing, stormy times to reinforce, yeah. reinforce what's yeah. really lying under our souls. You know, I, long, it's been quite, I don't know, probably 20 years ago, I heard a sermon a pastor shared about being at sea and, you know, lighthouses, you know, in the daytime, you don't see them, but at night in the storms, you can see the light. And uh, he said, you know, we all want the lighthouse, but we don't want to be in the dark and we don't want to be in the storm where we actually need the lighthouse. And I, I don't know, the analogy has just really resonated with me because that spoke to me at that time. I wanted to say I was following the light and following Jesus, um, but I wanted to be on the sea of, of smooth and calm and sunny skies and days where in the reality of it is I was, I was trying to control the situation myself, but then to trust in him, as you pointed out, you know, that was, uh, yeah, that's, I've obviously remembered the analogy and I've thought about it many times when I have been in the, in the dark night of the soul or on a storm, you know, that that's when we see the light and that's when it shines the brightest. So well, one of the other things I you think, mentioned, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I think that sometimes we're so busy producing for Jesus, you know, hmm. like making something happen for Jesus that we forget that the greatest joy we bring. I really believe this. The greatest joy we bring God is to trust him. 
Yeah. You know, Jesus said the work is to believe. <laughs> the yeah. work is to believe. Yeah. And so how how does that get how does our faith grow? Yeah. Only by being tested. And I yeah. don't like that. I, I resent that. <laughs> Me neither. I don't like the testing either, but it, you're, you're on But you look right. at the word and that's how he built every single man and woman of God. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. One of the other things you pointed out, which, you know, I come from a long line of warriors and you talked about the difference between worrying and, and concern. And um, it was very compelling to me. And so what does that look like practically in, in an everyday life of, like I said, I came from, I come from a long line of warriors yeah. and um, we can kind of convince ourselves that worrying, we're kind of helping God and, uh, you know, help yeah. him because he doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, sarcastically said, obviously. Um, but what does that look like practically, the difference between worry and concern and how has that played out in your life? Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's some multifaceted, um, you know, for me, worry tends to just generalize. You know, it may start out specific, but then it spins out. Yeah. Know? And right. it's all of a sudden it's everything in the world is yeah. going to hell. And yeah. so am That's I. Right. And it's just a mess. And nothing will ever be okay. Where concern is is specific. And I found that if I can keep that specific and not mm -hmm. let it spin out, um, you know. I had I I grew up with this twisted idea that I needed to worry so it wouldn't happen, hmm. that, which is just miserable, you know. So I would think of every worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. it's, I, as I was doing some research on it, it's it's comforting, <laughs> and yet it, that that it's the more intellectual children that worry. Okay. More. Because <laughs> see, so you feel better, Aaron. I know huh? I did. There you it's go. Because we're so smart, because we know what could happen. That's right. right? We're visionary. We can see the future. Oh, my goodness. Can we ever? Which I, yeah. <laughs> Good on you, kid. But how is that working for you? you yeah, know? exactly. And so, um, and, and I just realized for me, you know, I can turn worry because it does. Uh, let's just, let's just call it. It's usually worry. Yeah. But. And it's usually founded in something legitimate, which is a legitimate concern. But that unhealthy worry that just spins out, that, that you know, I'm talking to this person and I'm talking to that person, I can turn worry into prayer hmm. by just adding the words, dear Jesus. Yeah. So rather than looking outward for the answers, looking upward and turning it to him has really helped. But, but realizing, yeah, if it's getting generalized, then I am obsessing. You yeah. know, if, if after giving it to the Lord, if it's still haunting me, you, there's that verse in the, um, in Psalms that talks about commit your way to the Lord. And I heard mm -hmm. a, a woman share a powerful illustration like yeah. your lighthouse yeah. that has really stayed with me. And she said that word commit means to roll over your hmm. cares. And it, it was a picture, a word used of, of when a camel would come in heavy laden with um, goods and it would finally get the destination and it would lay down on the sand and they would unlatch the, yeah. the bundle and then it would roll off. Yeah. And that's just helped me. Like yeah. when that fear comes, when that concern comes, when that worry that's just like blown out of, out of proportion, that immediately as quickly as possible to bring God into the equation. Hmm. And that's I think good. that's the key for me. Yeah. Just 
don't feed worry, don't nurse it, don't rehearse it. Bring God into the equation yeah, and roll your care over to him. That's good. And so, you know, in this time, I've, as I've talked with parents, um, you know, and there's valid concerns in the world. There, there's no doubt mm -hmm. about it. But it also in our, at least with my kids, so I won't, I'll just say as for me in my household, you know, it, as a parent, I don't want my kids to grow up with an anxiety worried mentality in the sense that there more information there. And so you're obviously a parent. How have you helped your children balance that in your family? I know it's a personal question, but I think it's a really valid no. one for parents that would, would like to hear your wisdom and insight as their, their children walk through this, not swinging to the side of we're going to bury our, close our eyes and pretend right. like there's nothing out there, but at the same time, not being paralyzed by worry and concern, which, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to realize that fear, and I'm, I'm talking about that unhealthy fear, yeah. is the spirit. Yeah. You know, the Bible tells us, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Yeah. And so I think the most important thing we can do hmm. is let God deal with our own fear issues. Hmm. I really believe that we are, we are thermostats in our homes. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we act as thermometers. And so yeah. we're up and down with the circumstance, but God has, whether we realize it or not, the level of faith, the level of trust the level of peace that we're experiencing is going to be felt by our children. Yeah. And, you know, now they be, may be wired by nature, by personality to be fearful kids. Mm -hmm. But if, I, if I'm not letting God deal with my fear issue, yeah. I may try to comfort them but it's going to be kind of empty. And so I think it starts there. Hmm. You know, the Bible says I've God wants to deliver us from all our fears. Yeah, So I really had to come to like, Lord, in the, you know, this is getting maybe a little woo-woo, but I had to go, Lord, that generational curse, that yeah. generational bondage of fear yeah. in the name of Jesus, let it be broken. My dad and I got together as yeah. I was an adult. And I could see it being transferred to my kids and it, and coming up. We we took authority over it. We weren't yeah. experiencing complete freedom in our lives. So, yeah. Lord, whatever that stronghold is, that root, in the name of Jesus, let it be broken. And, and yeah. so I think it comes down to some spiritual warfare. Yeah, for sure. You know, over our homes, praying over our children, praying, you know, and... And taking captive every thought yeah. that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Hmm. Isn't that what fear does? It does. That's good. It totally takes God out of the equation. Yeah. So that, no, I can't even afford that. Yeah. And so I think as I let my fear, as I'm working through my fear, and I, I, I still have those moments, but when I'm bringing it quickly to the Lord, yeah. when I'm refusing to feed my fear, I'm being careful what we read. Yeah. Being careful what we watch. I really believe we need to be informed, but yeah. are you getting obsessed by yeah. the coverage? Yeah. You know, are you swinging to one side or another and getting politicized and polarized by the issue? Again, we need to be biblical people. And yeah. so we've got to be informed. Our response, thought process, as well as our fear response has to be respond, has to be informed by the word of God and by the yeah. spirit of God and not by the situation we're found in. But I know for me, when, you know, as I let gave God that permission, you know, being quick with my kids, let's mm. invite God into the equation, you know, mm. and just saying, let's pray about that. Mm. I know you're afraid. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. Let's ask Jesus to help us. Yeah. But then I think we also have to be careful. Are we letting our neurosis 
affect our children. We had a, we had one of the girls in our youth group. She she was she was so shy, and then when she came out of her shell, she was so hilarious. Okay. Uh, she she would just make me roll, and she would do this imitation of her mother, who and she would say, "Sherry, before you go to school, let your father see what you're wearing." Why? In case you get kidnapped, we need to know what you're wearing. <laughs> That's your neurosis yeah. infecting and affecting yep. your child. And yeah. so, again, I do think, yeah. I think it comes with, am I letting God deal with my fears? Because as I let him deal with my fears, I'm going to be able to help my kids take their good fears word. to the Lord as well. That's a good word. And I know the parents listening, and I appreciate it. And I know the parents that are listening appreciate it too. You also share that... Um, if we're teachable, we click quickly come around to obedience. Uh, that's a power pack statement. Um, can you share how that practically plays out in your life every day? How, how did you, is there a story or something that you came upon this, this ideal? Um, because it's, it's, and like I said, it's a power pack statement. Yeah. Well, I found it in the life of Martha. Hmm. I, I saw it in Martha. You know, I mentioned at the end of Luke chapter 10, we don't see what she did. You know, yeah. did she get all huffy and, and order Jesus out of her house? Or right. did she take off her apron and fall to her knees and worship yeah. beside Mary? We don't yeah. know what her response is. But I do believe, I do believe that as she brought her, her, her objections to the Lord and her frustrations and even her doubt, I think she stuck around for the hmm. answer. And I think that that's key for us when yeah. we're bringing all our fears, all our frustrations, that we stick around and we just don't vomit our yeah. anger and our frustration. But we say, Lord, what do you want to say? Because I see a different woman in John chapter 11. And I, I kind of talk about that. This woman runs to Jesus. And, you know, it's so funny how scholars look at Martha because they're like, and she said, when she got to Jesus, she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Like, oh, look at she's still bossing and got around. They totally don't look at scripture yeah. because when you look at scripture, yes, she meets Jesus on the road. She falls to her knees and she says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But then she continues, not a pause, not a break. Yeah. She continues and she says, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Hmm. She doesn't tell God what to do. Hmm. She, doesn't say, she doesn't say, Jesus, so get over to that tomb and raise him from the dead. That's right. She doesn't say, listen, you just need to go back where you came from because you didn't show up in time. All right. She hands God the quill of her well. Hmm. She says, this is what I wanted, but you write the end of the story. Yeah. She not only does that, but she runs back. To the house she finds her sister who's paralyzed by sorrow and mm. i think it's important to note that every personality type has its strengths and it has its underbelly of weakness yeah it's true she runs she says these words <laughs> the teacher is here and he's mm. asking for you mm. this time instead of trying to pull mary from the presence of jesus yeah. she points her there mm. and then as they get to the tomb where Jesus says, where have you laid him? And Jesus says, roll away the stone. And all of a sudden, Martha gets real practical and says, but Lord, he stinketh. <laughs> Even then, she obeys. Yeah. She obeys. And this is a teachable woman. And I think for me, um, 
you know, I, I just, I always wanted to be perfect by the time I was 30. You yeah. know, I'm like, okay, God. And I prayed that yeah. because, you know, he says, be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect. So yeah, bring it on. I, yeah. I want the magic wand. Yeah. I want to arrive. But instead of the magic wand, he's used a process. Hmm. And I've learned that as I just remain teachable to him, that when he puts his finger on a spot, I don't, I don't get offended. Mm -hmm. I don't get overly hurt. And like, I can't believe that God, I don't rationalize my behavior or justify it. Instead, God's helping me have a third person view of sin. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at Romans, Romans filled with the sin and its power, but it's interesting that it's, it's, I can't remember the statistics. I think it's like 55 times in Romans, but only one time is it a noun. Instead, it's a verb. There's an active entity. There's a something working in us. And so to understand that I'm not my sin, hmm. that That's good. when God puts his finger on something in my life, I just have to agree with the diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't have to get all undone. I don't have to get huffy. I don't have to get defensive. I can just say, you're right. Yeah. I don't want that anymore. Yeah. Remove my transgressions from me as far as the East is from the West. That's good. And by the power of his Holy Spirit, he does it as yeah. we cooperate with grace. Yeah, that's good. Very, very good. What is something that in this season of your life, um, what is something that God is teaching you? What an area maybe they're oh. growing in, um, something you're excited about? Um, let's start with what what's an area that God is, is you're growing in. You talked about a teachable spirit. What What are you learning and growing with in God in this season of your life? Well, it goes along with a little bit of a trial that I'm <laughs> under. Uh, I've been working on a book okay. on trusting God, okay. which is why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. For um, now, I, I missed my deadlines. I'm just a little bit over half. Yeah. And I'm having to trust God. Yeah. But the most beautiful thing, because writing's the hardest thing I do. Okay. But what's beautiful about that is I've discovered the truth of Paul's words. Apart from him, I can do nothing. Hmm. I can't even fake right yeah. without his help. And it has caused such an utter dependence on him. But what's been so beautiful is, I'm going to cry. He's been meeting me in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. And again, as I said, I don't think he's so concerned about building his kingdom or writing a book through me yeah. as he wants to write something on my heart. Yeah. And so I think there's a whole lot more progress inside of me than there is in the book right now. Let's just yeah. say that. That's good. And one of the mysteries, this sounds so weird, but okay. So I feel like God has given me a revelation of himself as my father. I don't struggle mm -hmm. with that at all. I even had this incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that, um, and a grace awakening that changed yeah. my life. But Jesus has always felt a little two-dimensional to me, hmm. which is just weird. Mm -hmm. So I've always been praying, Lord, I want to know you. Jesus, mm -hmm. make yourself real to me. And it, you know, that's been my prayer for years and years. But in this season, just in this last couple months, just um, Hudson Taylor, the famous mm -hmm. missionary to China, yeah had an encounter with the Lord. And as I was reading that, um, again, it's it's the grace awakening that it's not by works, it's about yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit in us. But as I was reading that, there was a phrase, oneness with Christ. Hmm. And I began, 
I don't know, but you know how sometimes something just comes alive in your spirit. Yeah. And so I have just felt like God's like, this is it. This is what I have for you, Joanna. And it, it literally is kind of blowing my mind, like one with Christ. Now I know that my life is hidden with Christ mm -hmm. in God. It's amazing. Christ in me, my hope of glory. There's this incredible intimate entangling. Yeah. But to think that in some ways, if you read scripture with this in mind, it's as though we're being invited to partake in the Trinity, hmm. to be one with the Father as yeah. he and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. But it's doing something inside of me that is pretty glorious. And yeah. It's a sweet intimacy. I find myself in tears a lot right now. That's exciting. That is exciting. And so that's what God's doing. Is And so what is there something that you're excited about? Maybe are you excited about your book? Are you excited about yeah. something in your family? What, what's something you're really looking forward to? Because we hear, honestly, in this time, we need to hear good people's positive stories, things that are going on and things they're looking yeah. forward to. Because I think sometimes at least in this COVID situation, we've gotten so mired in the day, the day-to-day -day thing that we've kind of lost our vision, excitement of what we're looking forward to yeah. in the future. So is there something that you're looking forward to in the future? <laughs> Writing the end. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And and I'm excited because I really believe that if if the Lord and, you know, he's going to be faithful, I know. But if there is any way that the immensity of the message I feel in my heart hmm. could ever get on the page. Yeah. I I do feel a sense of destiny over this yeah. book. Th that's a pressure. Yeah. And so I have to keep reminding me that myself that it's not by my, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Yeah. And I think, you know, I guess that. I would just, for me, one of the sweetest things and that I'm most excited about is just this sweet walk with Jesus. Yeah. And I realize, you know, it's not anything I can work up. Yeah. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And I, I would just encourage us, you know, the beautiful thing about the work of the Spirit is that it doesn't have to have perfect conditions hmm. to happen. In fact, sometimes it happens best in the imperfect. Yeah. When we are confused when we're frustrated when all of we're being <laughs> we're being frustrated at every turn to allow our hearts to turn inwards and say god what do you want to do and yeah. i would just encourage i would encourage people take half day with the lord hmm. i know that sounds so long no agenda yeah. not so you can get something from ministry but just on your face before the lord a journal hmm. to pour out your heart your confusion lord i'm really afraid i this is where i'm at yeah Let's bring God into the equation because he wants to meet us right here yeah. in the middle of this all. And, and he wants to do something in us. I just feel like he wants to build an inner core of strength. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. I don't want to be the same, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, do you ever get on your own nerves? Oh, for <laughs> like, sure. I'm so over me. Yeah. I'm so over me. I want to be changed. Yeah. And so I'm excited. Yeah. that God would frustrate my writing. Yeah. I'm excited that God would take over my plans and just make me so dependent on him. That's good. Man, this is the good stuff, you guys. This is what it's all about. Yeah, this that's is, good. This is the life abundantly in the middle of all of the upheaval of life. Yeah. 
Will you pray for the audience? Will you pray that uh, maybe there's a missionary somewhere serving in Africa and they're, they're at a place where they, they need what you just shared, that they need God to meet them where they're at and um, that they will feel the palpable presence of the Holy Spirit, will feel the palpable presence of Jesus where they're at um, at this time and that the words that you've shared today will not only speak to them, but will nourish their soul. Um, because of the power of, of Jesus Christ. Will you pray for us today? I would be honored. Oh, sweet Heavenly Father, I thank you that you know just where we're at. Jesus, we're so grateful that we have a high priest who understands the frustration, who has been in this flesh and felt all of the ups and downs and the twists and the turns and I just thank you so much, Lord, that you're not standing in judgment over us. You're not saying, get your act together. You are not upset with us. And I just feel like there's someone out there that needs to know. You have not gotten on God's last nerve. You are the beloved. You have been chosen. Your call is irrevocable. And Holy Spirit, we would just invite you. We do not know how to get from where we are to where we need to be. Lord, unless you draw us by your spirit, unless you do put a hunger in our soul, we can't even want to want you like we need. And so, Holy Spirit of God, would you just begin to stir in us hunger? Lord, would you be the glory and the lifter of our head, our eyes? Would you just take our chin and gently lift our eyes off of our situation and turn them onto your face? And would you give us a glimpse, just a glimpse of who you are, a new revelation in the middle of all this confusion? But most of all, Lord Jesus, would you root and establish us in your love? God, would you bring us back to the basics and the basics are that you did not choose us to use us. You chose us to know us and to be known by us. And Lord, may we come back to that simplicity of a child that just runs and leaps into your lap and allows you to cradle us and wipe away our tears and dust off our bottom when we fall and, and speak words of hope and words of life and words of strength into our soul. Lord, I pray for those right now, Lord, that are just so at the end of their own strength. Would you infuse them with your strength today? Would you do a transfusion, Lord, of your love, a new love for the people they serve, a, a transfusion of your, your power, Lord Jesus, that dunamis strength that they need. And Lord, that your mind would become their mind, that Christ... <laughs> Christ would be all. Oh, Lord, I, I'm just reminded of that prayer I've been praying that I found in an old, old devotional. Go deeper in me, Lord Jesus. Yes, deeper all the way. Till thou hast conquered me, Lord Jesus. Go deeper every day. And I pray that over my friends because it's Christ in us that is the hope of our glory. We declare we trust you. We declare our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do. But Lord, your spirit is with us. And you will lead and guide us into all truth, into all wisdom. Use this time 
not only to spread your word and your gospel, but to do a new work in us, we pray. Amen. 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 